0: Hello, and welcome to The Impact Indicator, the podcast for social entrepreneurs who want to scale their impact. This episode is part of our Care Economy series. So we are talking to startup founders who are leading the digital transformation of sectors like childcare, home care, and aging in place, workplace benefits, and more. So today we are joined by guests Miriam, or Mim, Semft, and Karina Mueller, co-founders of Motivity Care. So, hello, both of you, and welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Hello. Thank you for having us. You bet. This is going to be
0: fun because we have both of you. So, this is uh, our first time doing this um, as three people, and I'm very, very excited um, for to get both of your perspectives. So, before we dive in, um, you know, what I usually like to do is just have our guests share some information about their background and how you got to where you are today. So maybe we can kind of have Mim, uh, you can go first, and then we can have Karina. And then at some point we'll find out how you both kind of came together to uh, start Notivity Care.
2: Sure. Well, we're delighted to, you know, share our backgrounds. Uh Karina uh, was born in Argentina. Uh, I was born in the US. Um, throughout our careers, we've worked uh, nationally, internationally. Um, we have an interesting mix of, of marketing background and um, finance, HR, benefits, underwriting. Uh, we then both kind of morphed into the employee health and well being space. And you know, some of the cost drivers that we know you know are associated with that for businesses, and really how we met and um, colleagues and we've presented together, and we've met we've known each other for a um, little over ten years now. And so when we were both faced with caregiving challenges with our families, uh, we became confidants to each other. Um, uh, we've also shared information out. And we kind of had this aha moment that when you are caring for aging adults, it is complex, it is overwhelming, it is stressful. And our goal is to uh, alleviate the complexity and take the stress out of caregiving management for aging loved ones at every stage of aging.
0: That's a great intro. And uh, Karina, is there anything that you want to add in terms of um, how you got to, uh, to here and, and kind of anything about your background uh, before before starting the company?
1: Um, I think Mim said a lot of it. I I just think that uh, the unique thing that Mim and I both bring to this table is uniting our professional background and our personal background. I think we got into this because we see the importance of uniting the business experience and the personal experience. And when you're creating a startup and trying to make a social impact, I think having that combination makes you really unique unique. In developing your business and launching your business. That's right.
0: Yeah. The, the problem you're solving and the, the, the potentially the, the product or the service that you're offering is something that you might've liked to have in, in your caregiving um, in, during your caregiving journey. Right. So certainly gives that um, added uh, dimension. We call it the, what is it? The founder, um, founder market fit. <laughs> I think I've heard that. Um,
1: yeah, so, I, I think that's okay. true, but I think bringing the professional side and the business experience on them side is, makes it even more unique. I think that there's a, a lot of founders that have that because their pain point was that personally, but our pain point has been on both sides. We've yeah. seen it on a professional side and on a personal side. So,
2: yeah. And I would, I would add to that, I think, you know, specifically because we talk about technology it is a unique perspective that we bring because we have worked with a lot of these engagement health and well being platforms. We've looked at the user experience. We understand the data uh, tech security pieces, looking at that through different lenses. So it is kind of a unique um, perspective that we bring um, to Motivity Care.
0: Absolutely. I mean, Mem, you and I talked about your your specific background in the benefits space, um, both as an underwriter and as a consultant, right, selling to big tech companies. So I I have some um, questions earmarked for that a little down the road. Um, Can can we start by, can you tell us a little bit about motivity care? Um, You know, what is it? What does it do? Um, And then specifically, I think you mentioned this sort of tech um, enabled, um, that side of it, you know, Why, why is having this as something that is tech enabled, you know, a tech enabled platform specifically, why is that important?
2: It's a really good question. And I think there are a lot of things that we think tech can solve all things, which is why we're really clear about being tech enabled. You need very good technology, very, very easy to use, super user friendly experience for your end users. Um, but you also need this very, very high level of security built into it. But when we're talking about care and aging, it is an emotional issue. And so um, just having technology, when you've had a family member, as an example, that gets a cancer diagnosis, or there's an accident, having a human touch, somebody that is professional, that is um, there with a very high level of uh, confidentiality and with a sense of compassion, to help guide you through and get you to the right resources quickly to help you strategize around this is invaluable. You need the technology for the information piece and the storage piece and the connection piece, but you also need that human touch. And that is really what helps save time and money and gives people peace of mind.
0: Yeah. So that's the, um, so that's, you know, the concierge care management, um, you know, helping with organization. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, this is a specific side of uh, caregiving, um, you know, oftentimes we talk about employer assistance programs. I mean, can you give us a kind of a sense for the, the specific space that you're in and what problems you're solving with motivity
1: care?
2: Yeah. And I love that you brought up like EAP. And so this is a really specific kind of benefits conversation. There are a lot of um, products that are like standalone. But I think when you're talking about it through an employer perspective, right, right? Um, they have a total rewards package where they have whatever their benefits offering is and it needs to be integrated. And one of the, you know, key differentiators that we bring to the marketplace is our expertise in how to integrate it so that it um, you know, if you're a caregiver, realistically, you could be going through some pretty serious mental health challenges, right? It's stressful. It's you could be angry, you could be sad. We want to know about the employer's EAP program so that we can, if you bring us in as an employee benefit, we can get you connected. You might have um, financial wellness, you know, a piece and a separate vendor that does that piece. We want to work collaboratively so that um, your employee uh, and their family, whatever they define that, gets the best possible um, support not just from us, but from everything else you've put in there from an employer perspective. And I think the reason the other thing is, is that um, aging workforce, aging population in the U.S., we're talking about 70 million baby boomers. So who is taking care of them? And how does this impact productivity? Uh, You know, and turnover numbers in a workforce, there's a very direct correlation, um, which adds up to about $50 billion in cost and growing to employers that are not addressing this caregiving issue um, for their employees.
0: I'm going to stick with you, Mim, since we're sort of on the topic of talking to employers, um, you know, for folks to get a better idea of the, the the transformation that they can achieve with a product and a service like this. Can you give us a, a specific example? And it can be hypothetical um, of a of what a successful partnership might look like. So, what does it look like before an employer is working with you, and what does it look like afterwards?
2: So, our goal is to make sure, again, that when Motivity Care comes in, that it's aligned with your communication a strategy, your culture. Um, that there is a very clear rollout and educational process that we work collaboratively with the employer, you know, to make sure, because once and done, we've seen this all the time, new benefit, here it is, yay, um, you know, one one email, one, one wet lunch and learn, whatever it is, that's not our goal. Our goal is to make sure that we put this in, we understand your culture, we understand your overall benefits design. Um, we wanna take a look at um, just some numbers around turnover numbers, because this also goes back to uh, COVID data. And it just underscored how many women um, ended up getting pushed out of the workplace because it just became too overwhelming. They could not, you know, career, children, aging adults. um, And let's be clear, it's not just about all women. It's even more difficult for women from diversity backgrounds. So this is a whole nother piece of the puzzle. If you care about gender equity in your organization, if you care about diversity and inclusion, this is a benefit that directly supports those communities. And we've definitely positioned it that way. Mm -hmm. So the internal piece, as it gets rolled out and your um, employees that are making these caregiving decisions, the reality is, and this is AARP data, um, they will spend about 24 hours every week on caregiving management tasks. And a lot of that has to be done during working hours. So there's a clear reduction in how many hours um, they're gonna spend because they have us. And um, it it potentially can help them um, over the course of that caregiving journey because we're here with them for the journey. This is not just a crisis management piece. It's about helping in the crisis and then helping them prepare for the next challenge so that that becomes easier and easier. And from a bottom line perspective, that means more productivity, less burnout, less turnover. For these caregivers in your organization which at any given time can be anywhere from 30 to 50 percent of your total workforce yeah. so there's a clear clear benefit um, from a financial perspective and yes you can you can truly show an roi because you can tie it back to turnover numbers and attract and and retain you know numbers that you may be looking at for diversity groups that you're trying to bring into your organization
0: have you started profiling what types of organizations would be, you know, if we're think, thinking about, you know, the you know, best fit scenario, what types of organizations would be a really good fit for this? So, yes, <laughs>
2: uh, of course, any any organization that is forward thinking and um, again, very much about how do we support diversity in our organization with a benefit that truly can impact um, and help them is a good fit for us if they are uh, an organization that is predominantly um, female. You know, if your workforce is a higher percentage of female workers, clear, clearly a good benefit. Again, wanna be clear, we are more than happy to support male caregivers and there are very good ones out there. But the reality is, is that um, the primary caregiving decision maker is usually female. And um, and this is true globally, not just in the U.S.
0: So any you know, small, medium, large employers, there's those are all a good, good fit, not discriminating on size.
2: <laughs> we are not. We believe everybody should have motivity care. And I and, and I and I mean, it's seriously who doesn't want to be prepared, who doesn't want to be able to um, effectively care for the people you love. And, you know, we even talk about it through the lens of that employee. Okay. So they may be caring for that aging person, but what happens to, if something happens to them? So not only it, does it impact, right, the their personal life, who's going to have all the information for that aging adult. So now it's a double hit. So we think of this as an intergenerational product and service so that the entire family is supported. And, and again, family and how you define it, um, you know, not necessarily a traditional family.
0: Fantastic. Um, so Karina, I'd love to talk to you a little bit and, and get you into the mix. Um, and if we can talk a little bit more about the product. So Mim, from talking to you, you know, we talked about, um, you know, a big part of the kind of the, the success of the product is, is sort of contingent on folks uploading all of this information, whether it's medical information or, or legal documents, uh, and doing that in advance, right. We're, we're that's, you know, in advance of a, of a crisis about that when there is a crisis, folks can really get that, um, that help. So my question for, um, for you, Karina would be, you know, how are you currently getting users to take this action and do this initial legwork? I mean, are you incentivizing them in any way? You know, what, what has worked? Um, what are you still working on? Give us a sense for how that's going.
1: I like to ask them if they have hurricane insurance. <laughs> um <laughs> I always like to uh, use the analogy of hurricane insurance for us because it's most people don't realize they need hurricane insurance till after they've experienced a hurricane. And that seems to, as an analogy, resonate a lot with people like, oh, that's what you mean. Um, So I I tend to use that as an analogy a lot. Um, So As Mim was saying, and, and you were discussing, we have a couple of different verticals. So really, our goal through our verticals is to reach as many people as we can to understand the importance of being prepared for now and the future. So we like to say it's not just about the crisis. It's about taking a 360 view of the person and really planning how they want, you know, how to live your best life, how to age your best life, how to um, live that sort of third stage of your life in the best possible way, in the most secure way. Also, uh, our, our main target is that adult caregiver, right, that oversees and manages the care of their elder loved ones. And how do we alleviate their stress? How do we help them save money and time and then still help their loved one live their best life? So for us, the communication and the incentive is around that is we understand that caregiving can be exhausting, frustrating, difficult, but motivity care is here to alleviate that and make it simpler, make it more accessible for you, the adult caregiver, or for you whatever stage of aging you are in your life, right? And so maybe you will alleviate it for your children or your loved ones around you. So that's really how we're looking at the the communication of incentivizing people. Of course, if it's being presented through one of our verticals, then we work closely with whether it's a senior living community or an HR department to incentivize employees or residents to utilize the service.
0: Well, I was going to ask you about those verticals. So the verticals you're, you're saying, you know, whether it's uh, like B2B with employers, that's one vertical. And another vertical is you guys are also trying to sell to senior living communities. Is that is that right?
1: Yes. So our other vertical is a senior living community. There is definitely a big growth real estate market opportunity happening throughout the United States. And it's also rather global uh, in places like Israel. Uh, Netherlands, France, there's a big conversation about aging and aging in place and developing these communities more and more um, post a certain age, right? And um, they're not always about the nursing home or the memory care, though many of them transition from independent living into memory care or more of a nursing facility or hospital facility. But what we're saying is, again, under this plan of be prepared for now and the future and alleviate it for the adult caregiver or yourselves. And so the vertical of senior living for us is really exciting because as residents move into these communities, they pay an amenity fee for certain levels of service that they want access to and so what we're saying to management companies of these communities is implement this into your amenity Mm. and offer this service to your residents so that they can feel secure supported they have all their information centralized that helps in the communication with them and their adult caregivers, adult loved ones in their lives, and also facilitates communication with care managers from the senior living communities or AIDS.
0: I see. So they would be utilizing the service and and what what is sort of the intended outcome or the kind of results that they can expect from that?
1: So they would be utilizing the service as this very similar to how an employee in a company would utilize it, right? So they get access I to see the platform, which is available in desktop and an app Mm -hmm. to centralize, and they get a concierge manager's name affiliated with their account so that if they need additional services, they have someone to reach out to and say, listen, I don't really want to bother my loved one. I want to be able to figure this out on my own. Can you help me? Or if there's an adult caregiver that oversees and manages the care, then they have support with, with the concierge manager of nativity care. But what alleviates all of it is getting all that information centralized. And as Mim was saying, it goes beyond just your traditional medical and legal, right? It goes to um, passwords and memberships and accounts and wish lists and Certain memories that you want to be, you want to have saved. For instance, there may be a, a painting that has no real financial value, but you know you want to leave it to a grandchild because it has a special connection. So you put that kind of information. the The medical information goes beyond the traditional here medications, but there could be allergies, there could be language preferences, there could be. Uh, food preferences, dietary things that again, works in favor for the resident and the care manager of the community to have all that information centralized. Um, One of the things that makes us so unique is that you can add collaborators to our platform. So every person gets a unique user login and uh, multi-authentication. But if you say, okay, I wanna give access to the care manager to the tile on medical, you can do that. You can give access to a financial advisor. You can give access to an estate attorney Mm -hmm. and you can give access to just one document within the entire platform or one tile within the platform or the whole platform. So it's really customized and personalized. And again, it's the idea of saving time and money and increasing communication alleviating that stress.
0: Mm. I really like that there's um, this, this focus on having the human interaction. I think that's something that, especially with the nature of, you know, the, the, of the product, you know, it's a lot of documents and information It can, it can feel pretty transactional, right. From the user standpoint. So I really think that that is something that gives you, um, you know, that human piece is probably something that kind of gives you guys um, more and more engagement. Um, you know, I, I, I still kind of want to press on this idea of, you know, and Mim, you and I talked about this, like caregivers were mostly women and we already have trouble putting ourselves first. Right. And so, you know, thinking a little bit bigger picture, like that, that's still something that, you know, in digital health and, you know, is, is is a nut to crack, right. Engagement with products um, is a challenge uh, and caregiving, you know, be no exception. So, you know, how have you guys been thinking about this fundamentally, and and how, from a product standpoint, are you thinking about solving for some of these um, kind of you know things that we we know are are um, happening?
2: Yeah, I I will say, and I really appreciate that you brought up the 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 female caregiver piece of this, and it's why you need people that have experienced it, done it, you know, designing and being funded for these kinds of products and services you have to have the expertise you have to have the business background but there is something about lived experience and we've seen this across not just for gender you know we've seen this over and over happen in the tech world and so um you know i know karina and i are are very big on not just you know obviously we're female owned and minority owned but um you know being also voices for other organizations and saying that we must have diversity um In the companies that are getting funded and looked at and supported so that we can better problem solve for this. And specifically for women, um, this message about self-care is huge, huge. You know, we don't protect our health and well-being mentally, physically, connection to purpose, financially. How can we be the leaders, the positive disruptors we need in the world? You know, that bigger mission. And so, again, our products and service is very specifically designed to help support them, to alleviate those hours and hours of vetting and doing, to have a real chief of staff, coach, however you want to position us, concierge service, so that you don't have to choose between your career and your family. And um, so much of the health and well-being issues that happen for women, you know, to your point is because we put ourselves last. We don't go and get those visits. We don't do you know what we're supposed to be doing. we're not listening, we're not getting enough sleep. Well, if we can reduce some of those hours for the caregiving tasks, we can open up time for you to care for yourself.
0: I think that's the key insight, right? It's like there's a lot of caregiving apps and products that it's like the underlying assumption is that people want to be doing this. No, caregivers, you know, we want someone to come and take the burden off of caregiving. We don't really, nobody wants to say this, right? Because it sounds, doesn't sound, doesn't make us sound great, but we, we, we want someone to come and make it easy for us. So I think that that um, that kind of key insight is is really really critical um, and, and and that's sort of underlying what what you're building. So that's um, that's great um, I'm just we haven't, gonna oh yes go now, ahead.
1: I just wanted to add a quick thing regarding that is in terms of human behavior some as simple as someone just saying it's okay to acknowledge that goes a long way. What you just said is exactly right, right? Sometimes we just need a person to say, this is difficult. You must be exhausted. It's okay to admit that and say it out loud and take a breath. Mm -hmm. And especially as women, we always feel that level of guilt or that level of embarrassment, or whatever it may be, to actually say those things out loud. And so, if you have someone just holding that space for you and saying it's okay to say it out loud, mm. makes a huge difference. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And um, perhaps we could talk a little bit about um, the focus of this podcast, which is initially product design. Um, and, you know, I'm guess I'm curious, you know, we, I, I'm aware of the, uh, the security infrastructure piece like that's a critical um piece to this right uh the, the kind of big engineering kind of back end that that must be sort of a lift on on that side of things um but what is the role of of product design in all of this you know if if any at all
1: uh, product design took a huge role for us because we wanted it continues with the mission statement of our company and the mission statement of how we are presenting this, which is the simplicity, right? So for product design, for us, the ability to, for it to be user-friendly and intuitive was really, really important. them and I spent a lot of time working with our tech team to have a product that just makes sense and it's easy to use and it's not convoluted and it's not complicated and where do I click and how do I click and how do I log in we we really spent a lot of time and we really looked at it and said this should emulate what what looks like a filing cabinet in your home Mm. right and as as simple as putting a file in a drawer should be as simple as uploading a document onto our platform or our app and it shouldn't take a long time to explain. Uh so we've worked really really hard on developing a product that was user friendly and simple to understand.
0: I really like that file cabinet. It's like uh we we uh, we get a lot of um of training about, you know, for some of some of these healthcare products that merely like mimicking real world um scenarios is really helpful, especially when you're designing for an older population or more vulnerable populations, like, you know, that's sort of um, the, the best practice in healthcare. So did you guys um, work with um, a, uh, a design agency or did you have a designer or did you have engineers build the design? You know, how, how did you kind of tackle the actual design in those initial days?
1: We have a phenomenal tech team we've partnered with and we went to them and we said, this is what we want can you do it? (laughs) So uh, there was a lot of back and forth on, on exactly how we want to do it. And we took also our time to launch into the market because we had very specific requirements that we wanted and we did a lot of testing of that. So we've really worked very closely with our tech team and, and, the look and feel. And Mim and I went in with a very specific idea and I think that helps a lot too, right? We were very uh, focused. We uh, we said, this is, a, this is how we want it to be and this is what we wanna accomplish. We're, we're not trying to be everything to everyone. We're not trying to reach absolutely everyone. This is the niche we're playing in is the elder care market we are targeting the adult caregiver or the people of a certain age that it is important for them to have centralized information as well as support in a concierge manager. And so I I think in our RFP or our design element paper, that we gave our tech team. We were very specific on our requirements. And I think that helps a lot, Marielle, because I think a lot of times people go in with tech teams and, and they're a bit all over the place. And the more narrow you can be with your tech team, I think the more effective it is on what they can produce for you.
0: Yep. Absolutely. And especially if you're confident, you know, in 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 the vision that you're that you're proposing and that's informed by, you know, user feedback, which I suspect was a big part of this as well. Um,
1: oh, so, yeah, yeah, we went through a lot of beta testers and Mim and I sat down for a long time and really thought about our beta testers. We didn't just throw it out there and be like, oh, you're a friend of ours, be a beta tester. Um, <laughs> we, we really went through, we want male and female. We want people of a certain age. We want people at a certain point in their careers. We want people living in certain locations. We want people that have gone... Through this, we have, want people that haven't gone through this but live alone, right? And so we really put together a list of beta testers with very specific characteristics, mm-hmm. again, to be able to go back to our tech team and say, "Hey, guys, here's some of the feedback we've gotten, and this is what we need to improve on or correct." Right. And and of course, as you know, Mira, with with tech and and with a startup, there's always evolution, right? We're constantly evolving, but we've worked very hard at creating a strong base and really listened to our beta testers as well.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I imagine. I that one more to thing evolve. too
1: that that this
2: one other area that we added into these beta testers was a couple people that actually have like global data security backgrounds. Mm which again, I think in this world is so important, but you know, yeah, to Karina's point, we spent, this was just a whole nother aspect that we wanted to make sure that those that were truly experts in that particular piece of it were also part of our beta tester group.
0: Yeah, that's really great. Um, I know that uh, I wanted to leave a little bit of time to, to talk a little bit about the latest um, news, which is that you have been accepted into a fellowship, you know, a, a supportive community to be able to grow your business. So, um, can you talk us through the process uh, of getting into, is it boost out of New York city, uh, with company ventures, um, and just, you know, give us a sense of what that process was like, um, and what you're hoping, you know, to get out of the the fellowship.
1: Thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk about this. It really means a lot to us. We, we are so honored and proud to be part of this group. Um, so. It, it was a multi-step process. Like any of these things are, uh, they, we've had to participate in an informational meeting. Um, and then you had to go through an interview process. You had to present applications and decks. Um, so it put us, they, they put you through a lot of steps, mm-hmm. um, to, to actually get accepted, but it's a really interesting program. Uh, New York City Economic Development Department um, matched up with five VCs in the New York City area uh, to develop a program to support uh, underrepresented minority entrepreneurs in living and working in New York City, so two of the big criteria to even begin to apply for this was that you, your company, uh, had to be based out of New York, and at least one, if you have more than one founder, had to be based out of New York City, and of course, minority underrepresented, um, and they are both New York City and. Uh, Company Ventures, who's the venture capital group that we got chosen by, are very much on a mission to uh, support and put front and center underrepresented entrepreneurs that are doing phenomenal things in New York City. Um, So that's truly exciting for us. Um, And we've now been in it exactly a week. So that's really exciting. Um, there's 20 entrepreneurs represented. And as Mim and I were saying, it's truly a diverse crew of people based on the kind of products they're doing, their actual background, um, their experience, their age. It's, it's really, I, I can't speak for the other. So there were a hundred companies chosen all together, but who uh company ventures chose is in these 20 entrepreneurs is really an impressive group of people and we are really grateful to be part of these 20 and we hope to get a lot out of it which i, I think men would agree with me in just this week we've already gotten a lot out of it you they yes. set us up with conversations with the other entrepreneurs in our group. They've uh, separated us into smaller cohorts with people in the same industry. So Mim and I are in a smaller cohort with other health tech entrepreneurs, which is great because it gives you a lot of support as, you know, there's a lot of good and bad being an entrepreneur and launching a startup, right? There's the highs are really really high and the lows are really really Mm. low (laughs) and when you have other people around you that are going through the same thing and you can network with them and you can bounce ideas off of them and say hey i tried this did you try this?" especially in the same industry is really valuable and when it comes to company ventures the exposure that they're giving us is just invaluable um Legal exposure, design exposure, PR, and marketing exposure, investor exposure. I mean, it's it's invaluable for a startup like us. Uh, it's a four month uh, program, and then there's opportunities that follow after the four months with uh, company ventures as well as New York City. But even as simple, Meryl is giving us a co working space mm, that we can yeah. go to, and have meetings and, you know, be in Midtown Manhattan and um, also meet up with our other cohort entrepreneurs and continue the conversation with them is also great.
0: Yeah, that's really, really exciting. I'm really happy to hear this and um, to hear about more, you know, programs like this. Um, Would you say that you came into the program with a specific idea of how you like, are you hoping that the program will help you at the end of those four months, like raise a round of funding, or are you still figuring out, you know, what you, or do you hope to figure out over the next four months, like what you want to do as a next step, or how do you think it's going to be really, really helpful to you as a business?
1: Uh, twofold. No, Mim and I tend to walk into things with specific ideas, though, so, you know, you can set up a plan and then things it can, can get changed. Yeah. Yes, we all know that. It's um, being an
2: entrepreneur. <laughs> but,
1: yeah, but honestly, our our two main goals, I think, like many startups, is funding. We we have very much uh, a specific idea of funding that we need to be able to grow our company, and exposure uh, also to to network. Uh, opportunities, right? To be able, just having the ability to speak to New York City economic development, right? And there's all these companies uh, and organizations affiliated with New York City that could absolutely implement Motivity Care as a service Mm. for their employees or their residents. But getting warm intros Mm. to these companies is invaluable for us. So the combination of getting warm intros to investors that are willing to invest in aging tech, health tech, elder care market, caregiver market specifically, as well as getting exposure to companies that could implement our service. Is really what we hope to get out of this, but I, I again, as I mentioned at the beginning, that's our plan. But only in the last week, uh, we've had some some phenomenal conversations uh, that I'm not even sure we thought we would be having. Right. Um, right. With collaborations with other uh, entrepreneurs in our mm. cohort already, which is super exciting, right? You yeah. never know what you're going to walk into with uh, twenty. Um, companies in one cohort but we were all saying uh, yesterday we were at an event and we were all saying how truly lovely and smart and dynamic and interesting all the other founders are Mm. and the ability to collaborate with them is invaluable as well
2: yeah and I think that it's it's also interesting too that there is you know focus on social impact so You care for people. It is about social impact. And um, I think that's also a really interesting message, both by company ventures and, you know, this, this cohort of people, there are people that want to build successful businesses and do good in the world. And, um, you know, as Karina said, we are truly honored to be a part of this um, fellowship.
0: Well, I really look forward to following your progress. This is really exciting. And um, I want to have a front seat uh, as to where, where you're where you're headed and four months will be like so fast. I'm sure it's going to go by so quickly as well. Um, but, you know, this has been a really great conversation. Thank you so much to both of you for showing up and sharing your perspective. Um, wh- where can people find out more uh, about motivity care, about you and um, individually? What's the what's going to be some um, places that people can find you?
1: Well, you can go to motivitycare.com. And, and really find out about our company there. You can also uh, email us at info at If you have an interest in our services or questions about our services, or it resonates with you as a caregiver, you can reach us there. Um, you can definitely learn more about Mem and I on LinkedIn. Uh, we are both active, active users of LinkedIn and have our profiles as well as we post all the time about motivity care. And we also post a lot of information on caregiving articles and blogs and trends as well. Um, and then we also post about different speaking opportunities and, and engagements that Mem and I have. Uh, both in the US and internationally on LinkedIn. So mm-hmm. I would say in terms of learning about us personally, that's probably the best way. And in terms of learning about Motivity Care, it's both on LinkedIn and on our website as well. Lovely.
0: Well, I'll be sure to to have a link to your LinkedIn in the show notes. Um, perfect. Well, thank you so much, Mim and Karina, for,
1: for joining me today. Thank you you so much for having us. This was a lot of fun. We really appreciate your time. Thank you.
2: And thank you for your voice and this podcast for everybody you bring on.
0: You bet. All right, folks, that's it for today. I'm Marielle Briant, and I hope you join me again next time for the Impact Indicator.